0: All right, so if you guys did not know, the last two years we've been partnering up with Highland Rescue Mission, which has been a phenomenal, phenomenal ministry. Um, there was a short season that my wife actually got to work at Highland Rescue Mission and just see what, you know what, what's behind the scenes. And it's just a healthy organization um, that just wants to reach people. And not only that, restore people as well too. Maybe they're in a tough position and they're, they're living at Holland Rescue Mission. Here's the thing, they want to restore them, teach them biblical principles and get them back on their feet so they can continue life. And so they're a Christ centered organization and so with the last couple of years we've been able to partner up with them in many different occasions in different ways. Uh, but last Wednesday we had the opportunity to do the Holland Rescue Mission Thanksgiving Banquet. And so what this was about was just those that maybe were living in the, in the shelters or maybe less Fortunate, they went to the DeVos Fieldhouse out in Hope College campus they opened that whole facility the entire floor was full of tables okay and we got to eat and host anybody that wanted to sit at our table talk about being a little uncomfortable right I was talking to my mom the other day when we were over there, and she's like, I've never done this before, but I'm excited. And I said, Mom, get out of your boat. It's going to be awesome. You're going to do something impossible. And when she actually hosted that table, at the end of the night, she says, that was so fun and life-giving for her. Even though she was feeding them, it was life-giving for her for her as well, too. And so Holland Rescue Mission, last Wednesday, uh, Res Life had, uh, was able to provide... 75 care boxes in other words those that needed uh, a little extra supplies you guys were part of that okay we uh, I think distributed about 500 boxes res life did 75 of those boxes that's awesome that is awesome Last year you guys did 50 boxes and we went 25 more this year. You're part of reaching those people as well, too. We hosted many tables, okay, at the Holland Rescue Mission Banquet, the, the Thanksgiving banquet. But not only that, church, listen to this. We hosted and included many Spanish-speaking tables. That's amazing. Because we have a lot of bilingual families here. And guess what? This is the biggest kicker of them all, okay? You got to choose whether you're going to do English or Spanish. Marty and I, we chose English because obviously there was that language barrier that I, that I have right now. And here's the thing. I had to get out of my boat. <laughs> I had to get out of my boat because I had to start. I mean, a Spanish-speaking family just came to our table. And I'm like, oh, man, you talk about uncomfortable for a second. And here's the thing, we waited for about 30 minutes for someone to come to our table because they get to choose where to go, I guess, uh, according to how many, you know, seats are available, and we had four, four seats open with my two kids and my wife, and then the four seats open, so we were looking for a family of three and four. Well, a family comes up, and before that happened, Maddie goes, it's okay, Jesse, and I'm like, oh, no, no, someone's got to come, come on, like, I'm looking around. She's like, whoever comes to our table, they belong there, God's going to put them there. I said, okay. Then they came, and it's a Spanish-speaking family, and I said, okay, God, <laughs> You're right, but I got out of my comfort zone, and I relied on Maddie a whole lot, and she talked most of the night, but I got to still connect with the the family as well, too, and just to share a little bit about that banquet, because remember, we are partners with Holland Rescue Mission. That night, they had two kids, a a brother and a sister, a 13-year-old and an 8-year-old boy-girl, right, and I had an opportunity just to just sit and listen to them as they were telling me their favorite activities what they like to do, what school's about, and to see the glow in their face of just, wow, we're, we're conversating about what they're interested in. I, I saw the Father, how he does that to me in our life. He does it to you. Sometimes we just conversate with God, and we have an opportunity just to just share our heart to God. And God knows already, but he's just listening with a big smile on his face. And we had that opportunity at my table to do so. And not only that, my wife had the opportunity to invite the mom to our powerhouse Christmas, who's really never gone to church, has been alone in Holland for the last 15, 16 years. And so we're so excited that there's an opportunity for us to pay for her. Maybe she can join a church family or or, or be introduced to Christ in a relational way. All because we partnered up with the Holland Rescue Mission. I'm thankful for that. Is it a season of Thanksgiving right now? I'm thankful for that. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because typically we would have a Thanksgiving service the night before. But Maddie and I last year said, let's do Thanksgiving service the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Because I want to remind you, church, on a couple of things. That Thanksgiving is a great time of the year and it's good to have, uh, you know, November and the food and everything. But let me remind you that Thanksgiving, it's better when it's a lifestyle. It is way better when it's a lifestyle not just a season. You see uh, about a year ago my son and I Joshua who is 9 today and we were he was hungry and he says dad can we go get something to eat and I said yeah sure sure. And so we end up going to McDonald's, you know, one of those places that I'm not supposed to be going to but I go right? And I said, what do you want, bud? And he goes, I want a cheeseburger. Okay, all right, and some fries, and this is how he orders. I want a cheeseburger, no pickle, with fries and ketchup and a pop. Like, he's detailed on his, <laughs> on his order. So he tells me the order. I'm like, sure, no problem. So he's got his detailed order, and I, I go through the drive-thru, and I, and I make the order, and we grab, you know, we pay, we grab our food, and we go home. Now, typically, you know, I know sometimes I'll go, and I'll dig my hand and make sure everything's there, but for the first time actually, I, I went and I went straight home. We went home and he opens up the bag and he sees that it wasn't a cheeseburger, it was a chicken sandwich. He didn't order a chicken sandwich. So I'm like, thank you, God. <laughs> Cause I love chicken sandwiches. <laughs> I didn't take his food, I promise. We get home and, and, and he's upset, he's upset. Dad, I ordered a cheeseburger, not a chicken sandwich. I said, it's all right, bud, you got food though. But I ordered a cheeseburger, no pickle, with some fries and some ketchup and some and I got a chicken sandwich. Chicken sandwich. Talk about an opportunity to teach my son on Thanksgiving. I said, Joshua, listen, bud. I said, we need to be grateful for the fact that we have the opportunity to go to McDonald's. Because I know there are many, many people in this world that don't have the privilege to walk up to a window and say, can I get some food? And then the food's handed right over to them. And after having some conversations with them, a light bulb turned on. And he noticed, you know what? Thank you, God, for what I have. Even though it wasn't what I wanted. And I really thought about that story for a second. Because how many times have I, okay, done that to God? Where I wanted something certain, but God gave me something else. That was just as good. But it wasn't what I wanted because I wanted it this way and at this time. But God said, I'm going to do it this way. How many times have you fallen into a position where you got something? Maybe it wasn't the way you wanted it to get it it, or receive it. And so we ended up saying, well, God, I, I, I asked for this at this time and it's not there. And we get out of the heart of Thanksgiving because it's not November. You know what I'm saying? What I want you to understand is that Thanksgiving is a time of, of, of thank, being grateful for things, but that should be a lifestyle already. This shouldn't be new come November. When, when it's November 1 and the Christmas songs are on and all that stuff, and you know the, the fall season's here, we shouldn't now start activating our gratitude. We should be already walking in that, teaching people on that. You know, it also reminds me of time... In the Bible, when you look at the Israelites, Moses, in the book of Exodus, Moses is called by God to, to take the Israelites out of slavery and to free them and let them go. And so he follows through what God wants them to do. But then there's a, a, a tough part. Now, they're not slaves anymore. They're free now, okay? We're talking about millions and millions of, of people, God's people. They're free now. But because of an ungrateful heart or ungrateful attitude or mentality They started grumbling, the Bible says. They started grumbling against God. Now, check this out. Bread came from heaven to feed them. It was called manna, okay? If you didn't read that, read it, okay? There was bread that came down from heaven every single day to provide their need to eat a healthy, balanced diet. But it wasn't enough for them. And because of an ungrateful, uh, grumbling uh, attitude, they wanted meat. They wanted this. They wanted that. They, they came out of the element of thanksgiving, and it became more of a selfish mindset. So God gave them what they wanted, but they ended up getting sick, some dying from it because they, did, they were out of a thanksgiving heart. You know, Jesus teaches us on thanksgiving he teaches us how to have a lifestyle even when it's not enough, when we feel like it's not enough. Think about this for a second. Jesus is with his disciples, and he's about to feed 5,000 people according to the book of Luke in chapter 9. But right before he does that, he gives thanks to God. I'm going to read this scripture to you. It says, Luke nine sixteen says, Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, now imagine Jesus having this food, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. Now, if you remember the story, he ends up feeding the 5,000 and more. There's leftovers, okay, baskets of leftovers. But I really got to think about this and ponder about this one scripture, okay? There's a part I highlighted. He gave thanks. Remember that, people. He gave thanks. But he didn't give thanks when there was enough. He gave thanks when there wasn't enough. There was only five loaves of bread and two fish and 5,000 people to feed. Jesus was demonstrating a lifestyle of thanksgiving. When there wasn't enough, Jesus looked that to the Heavenly Father and says, Thank you for what I have. He gave thanks even when it wasn't enough. That is a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Paul, the apostle Paul, teaches that to the church in 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5, verse 16. He says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We need to develop a life of gratitude, a life of thanksgiving, an attitude of gratitude. That's where God wants us to go. Uh, I'm going to share a little bit about what God has spoken to me over the years. I have learned something here, that the way to live a life of thanksgiving is a way to live a life with contentment. Think about that for a second. Contentment was really the key in my life that helped me grow and to develop a thankful life. Now, I'm not perfect. I miss it sometimes, but I get to come back to God and say, okay, where did I miss it? And he shows me exactly where I'm at. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 12, it says, I know what it is to be in need, Paul says, but I also know what it is to have plenty. I have learned, learned, learned okay i have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want in other words what paul is teaching here about contentment is this he says if the refrigerator has plenty or little food you need to know that god says he will take care of your need today you need to understand if the bank account has plenty or little money you need to know that god says your security is found in him alone in him alone there are so many times in our lives that, that we, we are not content. I'm going put, to just put it to this position right here in my, myself. When I was learning about God's word and the truth that he had for my life, I started learning about what contentment was. When you learn something, did you know you become a student? Did you know you become a student of God? And that's where God had to place me first before I could grow into a life of thanksgiving. And we all need to learn a life of thanksgiving, not just in the, in, the, in the month of November. I think it's kind of funny. Don't get me wrong. I think it's kind of funny when we are in a gratitude attitude on Thursday, and then we have a mission on Friday. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah? No? All I got to say is I saved 100% on my Black Friday. I didn't go shopping. <laughs> I have all my money. So. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, guys. Hear me out. It is okay. It is okay. Thank you, Eddie. It is okay to have stuff, but we shouldn't be living for that stuff. God wants you to have a blessed life, God wants you to have a life of, of abundance. He says it in His word. But God also wants us to prioritize a life of thanksgiving in our heart to continue that in January and in February and in March. So when November comes, it's not new. It just continue on with what God has for you. And I just thought about a few different ways, a few ways that we can live a life of thanksgiving. And the first one is this: have a life of thanksgiving is having a rejoicing heart. A rejoicing heart. In Philippians 4.4, 4, Paul, again, he, he shows this to the church uh, of Philippi. And he says, always be joy, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. In other translations, they'll say, rejoice. Again, I say, rejoice. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, rejoice. rejoice. You see, when we rejoice in the Lord and what we have already, God makes things happen at the moment. He is there already. This has to become a habit in our life when we rejoice in what God has already done for us. One of the things I love doing waking up every morning, okay, every morning is I say this to God. God, thank you for today. I trust you for my needs today, but I believe on your word for tomorrow. Because I believe a lot of times we miss out on today because we're so uh, worried about tomorrow, or thinking about tomorrow. There are always going to be something tomorrow. It was funny because we were driving the other day uh, and we went by MVP. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? It's the, um, the, the gym where you can go work out, MVP. And so we're driving. There was a sign. And my wife caught it. She says, look what it says. And it says, you, how, how did it say it, baby? You baby? It says, you said tomorrow Yesterday. <laughs> And the thing is we keep thinking about tomorrow. We put things off tomorrow or we're, we're asking God about tomorrow when he wants us to focus on today is what I'm saying. When we go back to the story of the Israelites and in Exodus where, where uh, God was providing bread or manna for the day, you know he gave them an instruction? That instruction was this, don't gather for tomorrow. I will, I will provide it for tomorrow already because I'm there already. But the Bible shows us that some of them were gathering for tomorrow. And because of that, and when they looked at it later on, it was no good. I believe the Bible says there was maggots in it. You see, and, and, and that really symbolizes they didn't trust God or they didn't believe God on his word for Tomorrow. When God wants us to believe his word for tomorrow. So every morning, I would encourage you guys. Say, God, I trust you today for my needs, but I believe on your word tomorrow that you are there and you are ready making things happen. Rejoice in today. Rejoice in what you have. Watch God do the rest in your life. Number two, to have a lifestyle of thanksgiving is have a praying tongue. I say that with a little humor behind it, but have a praying tongue. Make it a habit to communicate and to thank God. But don't be afraid to give them your requests that you have. God's word tells us, "Give me your requests with." That's right, with thanksgiving. So many times we think we're wrong when I ask God and I feel I'm selfish and greedy. And I think that's kind of cool because your heart really is in the right place. But God's saying, hey, if you come with thanksgiving to me, I'm going to listen to all the requests that you have. And I'll tell you how I'm going to deliver that for you. You know, again, Philippians chapter 4, this time in verse 6, two verses up, Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. He wants to hear your requests, but priority is this, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And the last one is this, a life of thanksgiving is an attitude of worship. Did you know that worship is just love expressed? It really is. You know, we come Sunday mornings and we have the, the team come up here and they do lead us in worship and they create an atmosphere and we're, you know, we're, we're surrendered to the God and we love it. But that is just a piece of what worship is. You see, worship continues on. When you can continue to express your love to Christ, when you can continue to lift the name of Jesus, you become and you're expressing the love of Christ. You're in a worship mode. Did you know married people, men, when you love your wife the way God loves us? You're worshiping your heavenly Father and women as well too, vice versa. Because what you're doing is you're expressing that love. You're expressing the gratitude of what God is doing already in your life. And maybe it's not what we thought or the timing it should be that we think it should be. But God says when you express your love to me and let the world see, not even that but also in secret, you are worshiping me that is a true worshiper um, the one story I can think about is Ratshak, Meshach, and Abednego veggie tells will say Ratshak and Benny, you guys know what I'm talking about <laughs> These three men, alright in the book of Daniel, and you see let me, let me paint the picture for you guys, you see these guys who are just truly worshipping their heavenly father, the true and living God but there is this boss, there is this king his name is Nebuchadnezzar He's a big pickle. No, he's not. That's VeggieTales. <laughs> Some of you guys know what I'm talking about, though. This king, who was very evil in God's eyes, made these images of God out of gold and made everyone submit and worship that little G-God. And everybody would, but not Ratshack, Meshach, and Abednego. They would not quit They would not quit worshiping their heavenly father. And as their lives are being threatened, you better worship or I'm going to throw you in this furnace. The attitude of worship came out of them. Let's let's read the Bible. We'll we'll let you guys see it for yourself. In Daniel chapter 3, starting verse 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, and that's the king. King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. That's, that's attitude, okay? But check this out. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. If I paraphrase it, they're being threatened if they don't worship. They tell the king, our God's going to deliver us. But even if he didn't, I still will not worship that gold. I still not, will not bow down with what you want me to bow down. I will continue to bow to my God. That is an attitude of worship that we need to continue to have in our lives. Maybe it's not gold we face every day. But what is pulling us away to the point where we're, not, we're neglecting our time with God and we're serving this one thing? Is it money? Is it a goal in life? Nothing wrong with that, but it is something wrong when we serve that and we worship that. God's looking for true worshipers, someone that's going to have an attitude. Men and women, they're going to have an attitude of, I don't care what I go through. I don't care how hot it is in this circumstance. I will continue to worship you, God. And when I don't even feel like you're around, I will continue to worship you, God. I will not stop. That's an attitude of worship that these men had. That's an attitude of worship that we should have every single day of our lives. That is a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Now, to finish the story off quickly, they get thrown in the furnace. You know that. But when one of the guards look inside, when King Nebuchadnezzar looks inside, they say, I thought we threw three people in there. Well, I see four figures in there. And they see that they were not burning up, they were dancing. They were dancing in the fire. They were dancing in the fire. They, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar commanded to open that thing up. They walked out unharmed. The three men came back out. Now, scholars do believe that, you know, that fourth person could have been God or an angel or Jesus. All I know is God did something impossible and almighty, and he was recognized. Because of three people that would not bow down and had an attitude of worship. Worship. There is so much we can gain out of that. Don't look for perfection in your life. Don't try to get it right all the time. We will miss the mark. What you need to do is just have an attitude of, I won't give up. I will continue to worship my God. I will continue to pray to him. I will continue to have fellowship with him. I will have a thanksgiving life no matter what. That's what God wants for your life. That's what God wants for all his children. The whole purpose why we're here, you know, when you think about it, um, Thanksgiving. Let's 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 talk about the season itself for a second. Thanksgiving really is a time where we all gather together in unity. We don't talk about issues. We surround ourselves around a table, and we enjoy a meal together. Such a good scenario for a season. But what if we had a lifestyle? Don't you think we'll be doing that all the time? Maybe it's not a physical table, but maybe it will draw you closer to people that you've probably been distanced for, for a while. Maybe it'll draw you closer to conversations of healing and reconciliation, because that's what God wants in your life. He wants you to live a free, a total free life. And so when we have an attitude of a lifestyle of thanksgiving, you will have many occasions where there's going to be unity, people coming together, because we're thanking a heavenly father, no matter the amount that's right before you. Lift it up to God the way Jesus lifted it up, the bread and the fish to Jesus, to to his heavenly father. Lift it up to him and watch God do the increase and the miracle to what you give thanks for. It starts with you, church. It starts with me. A lifestyle of thanksgiving. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our head. I think before I even give an invitation, I think we should t- just take about a minute just to thank God for where we're at right now. Let's practice it for a second. So whatever it is right now that you're, you're, you're thankful for, let them know right now. Are you thankful for the family around you, the friends, maybe the job that you have, maybe the fact that you were able to have transportation to come back and forth What are some things that you haven't been really thankful for, but you're starting to see, you took for granted? Maybe it's a parent that has truly been there for you. Maybe the way you didn't want them to be, but they're there because they still love you. Thank God. Maybe you just woke up this morning and you're able to breathe right now. Maybe there have been some situations where life or health wasn't the best, but yet you're still here today feels like everything's against you right now. Doctors' reports are saying things. But let me remind you, the little that you have now, offer it to God. Give him thanks that you're breathing right now. Let him do the increase. Let him do the multiplication in your life. Thank you, God. I thank you, God, for this church family, for every single one of these people in this room, Lord. That you're touching them right now in their hearts. Thank you, Father God. That they can reflect on those times you've been there the whole time, even when they didn't recognize you. You were there. Now, just by some expressions on the face, I can see that you guys have such a gratitude heart right now. Some are being touched right now, emotionally. And that is God. That is good because he's bringing healing right now. now. I want you all to listen to this invitation. Maybe you've never heard Jesus in this type of uh, a format or, or a way, but let me remind you that Jesus is a relational savior. He wants you, he wants you to be a part of the family. He's not mad at you. He is patient and waiting for you to turn around and run to his arms. Bible tells us that when you turn around and it's called repentance and you turn from your ways and start living his ways, he embraces you. There's also a story that Jesus tells us in the Bible where where a son walked away from his dad and realized I put myself in a mess and came back and the father was there waiting. But not only was he running to him, the father was running back to the son. That is the same thing and the same access you have if you say yes to Jesus. So if you know you need Jesus or I want to come back to Jesus, on the count of three with all eyes closed, I want you to shoot your hand up. One, I need Jesus. Two, I want Jesus. Three, shoot your hand up right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless